Hello, 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 hello. This is the Album Nerds Podcast with your handsome hosts, Dude and Andy. I'm Dude, and that is Andy. I'm the handsome one. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. Hey, stop yeah. it. Stop it. Stop Whoa, it. Hey. Back up, back up, back up. Everyone's <clears throat> handsome in their, in their own way, okay? <laughs> Don't try and take the mantle. Try to keep this positive, man. We've done... 50 shows, 50 shows. All right, you may proceed. 50 shows? Wow, has it been? Yeah, it's been uh, It's been like almost a year since we started doing the Album Nerds podcast, and here we are, episode 50. We've come a long way. Yes, sir, we have. You know, I, I dug up a couple special little items for this very occasion. Oh? So one, I dug up, uh, when I first came up with this idea, so yeah, that's right, it was me. For those of you that don't know the <laughs> The, the story of albumnerds.com and whatever. Andy and I started a website years ago where we were trying to make like a social network for music fans to discuss albums and stuff and have reviews and blah, blah, blah. That shit the bed. Then we tried doing... Didn't we try doing a... Uh, Google Plus or something thing for a while, which yeah. was tied to YouTube, YouTube videos that we were trying. And neither of us really enjoyed that. So we stopped and we kind of stopped talking to each other. You know, we lived long way apart. So we weren't talking about records or anything. And I was thinking, hey, man, I, I want to talk about records. So maybe I'll start a podcast. In 2015, July of 2015, I recorded this as my lead up to the Album Nerds podcast that would be coming. So let's check this out. The quality is terrible, by the way. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Album Nerds Podcast, brought to you by AlbumNerds.com, the music site that nobody goes to except for me and maybe a friend <laughs> or family member on occasion. <laughs> I'm Dude. I'm from AlbumNerds.com, and uh, I love music. I love talking about it. I love listening. Okay, I think that's kid, about man. enough. Okay. <laughs> welcome to the Album Nerds Podcast. I'm Dude. I listen to albums. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was saying you sound like uh one of those robots from westworld or something trying uh, to great. sound human or something <laughs> <laughs> so so that idea simmered for about a year because i kind of chickened out and i'm like i don't know how to do this and and it will be boring you know i try i think i recorded a whole show by myself at one point and it just sucked and and i kind of gave up on it and then i started talking to you about doing a show. So then by a year later, we finally decided to give it a shot. We didn't know anything about podcasting. We didn't know anything about equipment, editing, sound quality. So I'm going to play a clip of Andy introducing himself on the first show. The quality is horrible. It took me about 20 minutes of just to get it loud enough to hear. So bear with <laughs> it, but it's fun to hear. So here we go. Yeah. Hey, uh, let's just say I'm really glad we're doing this. And, uh, I think that both of us a little bit to uh, listen to some new stuff and a chance to hopefully share it with some people who maybe wouldn't uh, discover it otherwise. And hopefully just have some fun and tell some good stories, have a good time. Oh, Sounds yeah. Like I'm talking to you from like a, like a bunker <laughs> underground or something, <laughs> like a, on a CB radio or something. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the, so. the good the the good times did come, but man, th so that show's not even posted. We put it up, and the sound quality was so awful that we and it's not even available on the internet. It's forty five minutes of hell, so uh, <laughs> don't even bother, people. Yeah, well, whatever. We've come a long way since then. Hopefully, uh, the production quality is a little bit better now and a little more easy to listen to. And uh, anyway, let's get into some records, man. We got two picks for today. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. That's right. That's right. 
essential listening, as we call it. We've got a, a country record and a jazz record. I'm going to kick it off with my essential jazz recommendation here. Jazzy. There you go. So, I know we last left off in the jazz series here. I picked a more modern record, I think from, like, what, 2010? So I thought, I'm going to go back and find, like, one of the oldest jazz records that I can find. And I was kind of thinking I would end up with a Duke Ellington record, and that didn't really pan out. I had a really hard time finding an actual album of his that really was exciting to me. But I did find a record from that era that I think is pretty fantastic. It's from a saxophonist by the name of Lee Kantz. And he, one of his first record, and one of the first records on the Prestige label, which would come to uh, put out records from like all the greats in like the, the 50s and 60s and here by you know guys like Miles Davis, John Coltrane, Thelonious Monks, Dan Getz. They all were on Prestige at the time here. This is like their, I believe it's their third official release and, and really like the one that kind of put them on the map. The name of the record is Subconsciously, kind of a play on words there. It kind of brought in like what what came to be known as like cool jazz. So at this time, you had guys like Charlie Parker, who was really prominent with his bebop style of jazz, right? At this time, there was kind of this movement in New York City um, to kind of bring in this uh, this cool jazz style, which is a little bit smoother, a little bit more technical, a little more cerebral, and I think super interesting. So let's jump in and play the title track from this record subconsciously. Yeah, so super technical, very, well, I guess they kind of describe the genre. It's like very intricate harmonies with lots, lots of surprising twists to the melodies. Um, a lot of strange progressions here in the scales they're playing. So, I don't know, this record to me was fairly um, unaccessible. Like it took me a, a while to really get a feel for it because it's like i said it's so surprising i guess some of the, the turns that happen here i don't know what what did you what did you thought when you uh dug into this one i felt the sense of relief right i mean this is definitely yeah <laughs> sort of jazzy like so when we started this this jazz project thing where you were digging into the jazz this is what i was expecting to hear this is that smoky like hepcat sort of 50s is it from the 50s it feels like it's from the 50s yep jazz this is what i was picturing dimly lit club new york city sort of thing so as soon as it started i'm like yeah this is what i'm talking about here this is this is it this is so the quintessential sort of what I think of, maybe I don't dig in as deeply as you, so accessibility wasn't so much an issue as compatibility for me. It's not, yeah, it's not going to really off-put anybody, I don't think. But when you dig into like some of the intricacies of it, it's really heady music, really complicated stuff, way over my head. Don't pretend to understand it, but it sounds amazing 
when you kind of can dig into it and appreciate what they're doing here. I, I understand it maybe a little bit more because I did spend some time in the junior high school band playing alto sax. You played alto sax? Yeah, I played a little hot cross buns action. And oh, I, you know, when the, Saint, is... when the Saints go marching in, I, I pretty much had that <laughs> nailed. So. So I'm kind well, of a jazz guy, you know. <laughs> all right, I had no idea you had this. Uh, that's crazy, man. Yeah. Uh, well, so maybe you can tell me uh, some of the intricacies of, of how this uh, this cool jazz movement began. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. So they were using uh, instruments, which are uh, things people make music sounds with. That's no. lots of no. lots of blowing going on yes, and uh, yes. strumming uh, happening here. No, but what I can say, what I can say is that there, there's all these layers of sound, and that's what's cool about jazz bands because there's not, there's not singing a lot of the of the time to fill all, uh, you know, fill all that space. It's instruments being people talking together and to each other, and it's like conversations, and that's what's cool about cool jazz. Yeah, man, it's cool. And this record is is kind of unique because the soloing is really short. But it gets to the point quickly. A lot of the jazz records, like that would happen later in like the free jazz movement, later in the 50s and the 60s, um, you'd have these very long, drawn out solos. But these, these, these tracks are like two or three minutes long, like a punk record almost. But they get like right to the point and they go back and forth really fast. There's, you know, actually the next track we're going to play here, Marshmallow, is written by the, uh, the tenor sax player here this is a quartet you're playing most of the time the interplay between the alto and tenor sax is like ridiculously technical it's so fast these guys are just tearing through these notes and they play perfectly together so why don't we jump in and play uh marshmallow here Andy, I have to apologize. I accidentally played a clip of of my uh, seventh grade concert where I was playing saxophone. Uh, is that here? So? <laughs> <laughs> Easy to confuse the two. Obviously. Yeah, man. I mean, from someone that played very poorly for a very short time. Holy crap! Yeah, that's uh, that's amazing playing. Yeah, and these guys were really young at the time. They were just just kind of coming up in the scene, and Lee Cants would go on to play. He. He's, still puts out music um this kind of cool jazz movement was really big in the late 40s and early 50s um in new york city and man it's it's this is one of the best records from that time period in my opinion and it's a really really interesting listen it's something you can put on the background or you can also you know strap on the headphones and really kind of get blown away by how um technically proficient these guys were good stuff dude yeah man so uh that's uh lee Kant's subconsciously definitely check it out if you're if you're looking for some good uh some good cool jazz to put on all right man should we strap on our saddles and uh head out to the wild west oh yeah it's time for uh, some essential country i'm not gonna let it get too far into the dueling banjos but uh trust me it gets pretty 
Pretty hairy. Anyway, I used to hate country music, okay? As a as a youth, I uh, the the artist I'm going to talk about today, Willie Nelson, the album is Redheaded Stranger. I regret to inform all of you that at one time when I was a teenager, I don't know why I had a poster, where it came from. There was a poster of Willie Nelson somehow in my house. Maybe it came free with Wrangler jeans, but I... <laughs> I put it on a dartboard because oh I hated country music so much. Wow. You've come a long way, my it, friend. I have. I mean, you know, when you're a kid, you like what you like, and then there's the, you're more defined by what you don't like. So, right. hey, what kind of music do you like? Everything but country. You know, that's kind of the way it goes. Anywho, I was wrong. So over the last few years, I've been getting more into new country artists and, and using this project to dig back into some old stuff. And a lot of it I'm familiar with from over the years. And Willie Nelson, of course, I'm familiar with from over the years. But this album, Redheaded Stranger from 1975, is a concept record, concept album. I you know, I'd looked at a lot of lists of essential country albums to listen to. And this was one of them. And I just hadn't done it, you know. And I thought, oh, I'll do that eventually. But it's so it's pretty famous. It, it ended up selling millions of copies eventually. And, and I just thought, eh, you know, I don't want to pick something too obvious. But then I read up about it and learned the story of it and listened to it. And I freaking love it, man. <laughs> Before I dig in too much, I mean, just I'll, I'll get into the story and all that stuff. But what, you know, when, when you started listening to this, what were your thoughts? Well, I, I mean, yeah, I have, a, I have a kind of a, a preconception of what Willie Nelson sounds like. And I guess I was surprised at how clean his vocals sound at this stage of his career. So, I mean, he was relatively young at this point, right? Like about, his, Probably about 40. Probably about 40 years old at that time. Okay. He's in his 80s now. Well, I mean, there's been a lot of uh, cigarettes and joints between this record and, and the records <laughs> I'm familiar with, I think, uh, in modern day stuff that I've listened to. So yeah, I guess I was surprised at how clean it was. And then I was like, oh, cool. There's like, there's like themes that repeat through some of these tracks. And there's obviously a story being told, which I love. I love the concept records. And that's part of why we love albums so much is because they, they do kind of play as a whole and and can tell a story at times and i think that's uh one of the aspects of country that kind of has given me some interest in country music is is that storytelling ability so i was like oh yeah this is actually pretty cool i don't know if i fully understand the story i'm hoping you can explain that a little bit definitely dug it the dug the sound he's got you know it's it's that outlaw sound that that we that we both enjoy this was like his 18th studio album at this point. So he'd been in the biz for a while. Oh my gosh. Doing the more yeah, doing the more traditional kind of country, working in radio stations, doing children's television shows with country music and just an all-around knock-around songwriter selling probably his most famous song that he wrote. Ever hear the song Crazy by Patsy Cline? Oh, he wrote that? Uh yeah. So he was selling songs and, and uh, you know, very involved in country music, but hadn't really found his identity, his voice. And so I guess he had ended a relationship with one record label and started a new one with another. And I guess he had total creative control in this new record deal, right? Sweet. So his wife at the time suggested that he do a story album based on a song called The Red-Headed Stranger, which was popular in the 1950s. And I guess he used to feature on some of the radio shows he did as a DJ. And his wife suggested that he do a story about The Red-Headed Stranger. So that's a song about a, a man who uh, his wife cheated on him and he murders her and her lover, you know, goes on kind of across the plains as the redheaded stranger. And there's some other elements in the story uh, as well. But so that's the basis. That's what that's the conception, the inception of this album. So I think maybe I'll play a little bit of the opening song 
time of the preacher first and then i'll talk a little bit about the album and the songs and the progression and all that stuff so this is the opening track time of the preacher it was the time of the preacher when the story began of the choice of a lady Love of a man. I loved her so dearly. So I'm just going to quickly go over. There are 15 songs total. They're all a minute or two. And some of them are written by Willie, and others are traditional country songs that he took and worked in, including, of course, Redheaded Stranger was previously recorded by other people. But Time of the Preacher was written by Willie Nelson. What he does is he takes that, it's track one, it's track, there's track three, Time of the Preacher theme, and then track seven is Time of the Preacher theme, and he works it back in, telling the story. So it's like one track is a narrator, mm-hmm. the next track is from the perspective of the character, the redheaded stranger. And so it takes you on this this journey where it's like you're in the Old West and he's telling this story about the preacher and his wife and then she cheats on him and he can't believe it. And then during the song Blue Rock, Montana, which is a medley with redheaded stranger, that's when he kills them in a uh, okay. saloon. And then Blue Eyes Crying in the Rain is about his kind of meltdown after killing his wife. And that's, that was the most popular song on the album. <laughs> it, it went. I mean, it was a pre-existing song too. But his take on it, went, you know, I think he won a Grammy for it. Then Redheaded Stranger, which tells the story of him out on the plains, and then a la- so he's on the plains with his black stallion horse and his wife's horse that he has tied to a rope behind, and. Oh. This woman at a, at a saloon or something sees him and then once starts petting the other horse and it puts him in a rage and he murders her oh my and gosh. runs off. So that's the first half. Wow. Sounds like a John Wayne movie or something. I mean, that's, I know, <laughs> that's I know. so cinematic. <laughs> that's pretty cool, man. Yeah, so I'm going to play a little bit of Redheaded Stranger. And then I don't, I'm going to play... Actually, you know what? I'm going to play a version by a different artist first. I just want you to get a sense of the of the style of, of Willie Nelson. And this album is kind of considered the inception of outlaw country, where this his the way he did these songs, the stripped down, simple, anti Nashville at the time. It's not lush. It's all simple, just guitars and piano. So this is Redhead Stranger by Bobby Wayne. This was from the 1950s. A yellow-haired woman leaned out of her window, watched as he passed her by. She drew back in fear at the sight of the stallion. So that's more the kind of traditional, old-fashioned country and western that you, you know, the people I think were used to. Mm-hmm. Um, so now let's get in. Let's get into Willie. But how could she know that this dancing bay pony? meant more to him than life this was the horse that his little lost arm had ridden when she was his wife don't cross him don't boss him he's wild in his sorrow he's riding 
So after he kills that woman that tried taking his horse, his wife's horse, then he takes this. Now, side two of the album, he takes the song Denver. He takes a trip. He goes down uh, to Denver. He's kind of on the run from the law and stuff. And there he meets a woman, starts to fall in love, and starts to put all this pain and sorrow behind him. So the second half of the record... Denver or the waves, which uh, some of the songs are like waltzes. So he's at a bar and he is going to dance with her. Mm -hmm. And then it's like they're playing the dance music. It's like you can see it. It's like they're dancing together. And then the the song, Can I Sleep in Your Arms, written by Hank Cochran, that is, you know, getting to the point where he wants to be, you know, be with her and all that kind of stuff. And then Remember Me and Hands on the Wheel. And then it ends with uh, Bandera, which is an instrumental. But it's basically just how he moves on from his sorrow and sadness, falls in love, and then has a new life with, with this new woman. So this story... Hits on all those classic Western themes, the cowboy stories, the movies. Our character experiences love, betrayal, hate, murder, sadness, sorrow, love once again, and redemption. And uh, the love of a good woman. That's the story of Redheaded Stranger. That's awesome, man. Woo! It all kind of comes full circle to, to a degree. It's nice. It's a cowboy movie, yeah, dude. It really it's a is. cowboy really movie. Is. And I don't listen to a lot of concept records and really, I listen to them, but I kind of loosely get the concept. I mean, this is a freaking, like having Willie sitting on your bed as a kid and he's reading <laughs> you the story of the yeah, right? Redheaded Stranger. <laughs> so I think it, it was a fun listen. It really put a... Uh, sort of another brick in in the foundation of of country for me and the kind of music i like and the storytelling and the just awesome took me to another place so i i was really happy with that that's cool man that's cool yeah i really enjoyed kind of sleep in your arms like i know my first time through that one i was like whoa what is this track is beautiful really stood out to me um cool man yeah i you know i love these concept records man i gotta now that i know the story sometimes you need someone to kind of walk you through the story so you can uh piece it all together so that's that's helpful and uh, I'll have to dig back in and give it a few more listens now. Oh yeah, definitely. And it's not that long. It's not that long of an album, considering it's 15 tracks. Yeah. Willie Nelson, Redheaded Stranger. Check it out if you have any inkling towards country music, or if you question yourself, this might turn you around. Because man, it's just straight up and takes you to another place. Cool man. Good pick. Good pick. Definitely essential listening for sure. So we had uh, Willie Nelson's Redhead Stranger and Lee Kant's Subconsciously as our two essential country and jazz recommendations here. All right. Was the time of the preacher. <laughs> it's the time to wrap up the show now. Okay, okay. All right. 50 down. A thousand more to go. <laughs> all right uh next week on the show it's the day before halloween and we're gonna be talking about some scary albums some of our two of our favorite uh frightening terrifying creepy records to play to put you in the mood for halloween so be sure and tune in then listen to some scary shit yeah Everybody, go to albumnerds.com. That's where you can find our wonderful artwork that Andy worked on, the new 
redesigned website. You can comment and talk to us directly. You also can, if it's probably a little more convenient, on Twitter, at Album Nerds. We're also on the symbol music sharing, at Album Nerds, uh-huh. right? Uh, righty? Yeah, go to iTunes. Go to Google Play Music. Go to Stitcher Radio. That's where you're going to find the podcast. Share it with everybody you know. Period. Uh, also, on iTunes, if you use that platform, give us five stars. Give us a rating. It helps other people find the show, and it helps us know what's uh, good or bad. And if you write us a review, maybe we'll read it on the show. Definitely will. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe on show 100. <laughs> All right, folks. Thank you so much for joining us. Catch us next time, and uh, we appreciate you. Yeah. So, bye-bye. Love you guys. Talk to you next week. See ya.